with an exclamation. What he has been considering has brought him to con has brought him to uh, think of the excellence of God's loving kindness. How excellent is thy loving kindness, O God. Or it might be how glorious is thy loving kindness, O God. This is what arrests his mind at this particular moment. The loving kindness of Lord. It is not mere kindness. It is something that goes inexpressibly deeper. The loving kindness. It is a kindness dictated and directed by love. Love moves from itself, not, to end, not by any attraction outside of itself. And this is the peculiar nature of God's love towards sinners, that it is love that is self-moved. And the kindness following that love or inseparable from that love this was in the darkest universe of thought and what happened this whole soul to the God whom he does describe And the immediate result of this marvelous loving kindness is that the children of men who discuss under the shadow of his wings. Now the term here used the children of men is the most comprehensive possible. The term regards man as man and not as any peculiar type of man or any peculiar position of man. It is man as man. But in order to put their trust under his wings, they must be acquainted with what the psalm is contemplating. Even the loving kindness of the Lord. For it matters not how true this is in itself. The truth must be born upon our mind and made a reality unto us before we can put ourselves in Him. And herein we have the necessity of faith and the peculiar emphasis 
the Baptist led on in the in both the Old and the New Testament it is by faith we know that there is loving kindness with the Lord it is by faith we can understand the significance of this. It is by faith that we can use this truth. Who in advance it is not faith that makes it true, but it is faith that apprehends it and makes it the personal possession of such as have faith. They put their trust under his wings and here the Lord Jehovah is constant and spreading out his hand or to use the figure of his hand spreading out his wings as a hand when she takes her through with the warmth and to the space of her own body under thy wings they will protect us and that this is the <coughs> no vain exercise but that it is followed with appropriate wisdom the psalmist expresses when he says they shall be abundantly satisfied with the happiness of thy son. There is not only war and security, there is also abundant satisfaction. They shall be abundantly satisfied with what? With the of thy hand. Now fastness in scripture, as you know, is used for that which is choice. That which is um, supreme. The fatness of thy house, the excellence of thy house. <laughs> now if the psalmist here has, <clears throat> has a thought running along sacrificial lines, if he is thinking in other words of the, tem of the temple sacrifices, he is thinking of the fact of the sacrifice which had a peculiar place in all oblations on sacrifices unto Jehovah it is what satisfies God himself that is given to satisfy those who are innocent this is the fact, this is the satisfaction, the abundant satisfaction 
which particularizes the house of the Lord. The Lord is satisfied with the Lord. And if he is, surely there is satisfaction with the, for the creatures. If the eternal is satisfied, that should be sufficient. And as a matter of fact, is sufficient for the creatures. But conversely, only what satisfies Jehovah can be of permanent satisfaction to the creatures. But this is the very fatness of his house. This is the peculiar provision which God has made that it is one in which he is satisfied and that it is one in which his people are satisfied also. And it is on the basis of this satisfaction that there is communion. It is first and foremost communion in satisfaction with God himself. They shall be abundantly satisfied with the fatness of thy heart. Not in anything pertaining to themselves, but in that which the Lord has provided. Abundantly satisfied. This reminds us of one of the Beatitudes where we read, Blessed are they that hunger and thirst after righteousness. Why? For they shall be filled. They shall be abundantly satisfied and satisfied with the good of God's presence. That is, with God's preparation, they shall be satisfied. For how long? To all eternity. And there is an allusion to this truth in the words we read this morning. Whosoever will drink of this water will thirst again. But whosoever drinketh of the waters that I shall give him shall never thirst. Because it shall be in him a well of water springing up unto eternal life. The satisfaction is described in two ways or two aspects or facets of it are brought before us here by the psalmist, the fatness of the house and the drink out of the river of his pleasure. You will notice the emphasis is sustained throughout all the statements that the psalmist here made and the emphasis that is sustained it's the emphasis on God. They shall drink out of the rivers of 
กายนะเจ้าจินโอ้ก็จะแก่นะนะแก่นทุกสิบทุกเซฟิโคเร่ก็ทุกเดชนันเดอร์สิกาโรฟาร์โรดาแต่เรื่องสารโรดา The streams of which make glass the city of God And the word there is, and not in the original. <coughs> All that is in the original is this Arrava, Arrava, as if the thought of the psalmist was wholly taken up with the fact that there is Arrava, and all he can say about it is this Arrava. He looks at it as it were, and is overwhelmed with wonder and gratitude. And in mentioning it, he just says the one word, brother, ah, brother, how marvelous that it should be! Ah, brother, the streams of which make glad. The city of God, and again we find John making the same reverence when he says, "I beheld a river of the water of life coming forth from the throne of God and the Lamb." Its source is God. The channel by through which it flows out is the Lamb, and both are necessary if there is to be a river at all. If there is to be this exclamation of wonder and delight, a river. Now this is the river of God's pleasure. Above all else that He did, above all else that He is doing in this world, His special pleasure is in the river that comes out from His throne. By way of the law, he delights in doing good. He delights in showering his blessings on the undeserving and the unworthy. But this is his very nature. It is not by way of constraint. And it is certainly not by way of any stinginess, by way of any reluctance, that he pours out the river of his pleasure. And of course, the very figure used makes that abundantly clear. It is a river. It is not a stream. It is not a. a A trickle of water, 
as if the Lord were carefully measuring lest too much should come out. It is as and it is as wide as God himself in its nature. It is God in the exercise of his grace who thus comes up, who thus makes himself known, and in this he takes delight. But in the light of the New Testament, there is another aspect of this delight. For in the, in the flowing of this river, as it descends from the heights, even from the throne of God, as it comes down to water the place, making its way to the ocean whence it came. The Lord delights in its course, for this is what glorifies his Son. This is the honor that is put upon him who came forth and in the accomplishment of his work was denied a drop of cold water when he said I heard no water was available Where were the rivers then? Where were the wells and fountains of water? They were sealed. Sealed with a divine seal. For in order that there might be water, even the water of life, one of the conditions was this. But he through whom this water was to come had himself to forego in the hour of his agony the comfort of one drop of water. I heard. But there was no water. But through him a fountain flowed. A river flows, the river of God's pleasure, for it is the heart of good pleasure that all fullness should dwell in the star. Not only the fullness of the river as it comes up, but the fullness of the glory as this river returns to the ocean whence it came. The glory, the glory of the Son, the glory of the Father in and through the Son. He rests in his love, and he rests in it as it comes forth in this manner, and in no other way. For says he with thee is the fountain of life. In thy life shall we see life clearly. 
and it goes further here than he has gone in the previous statement. We can conceive of a river. Yea, we know that this is a fact. The river begins as a tiny stream. And um, on its way it is fed by many other streams coming from different directions until all swells out into a mighty river but not so with the river of God it has but one fountain it is not contributed to by any streams whatever but those that proceed directly from of any kind whatsoever apart from God. He is the source of all life. He is the living God. He has life in himself. And one of the great unfathomable statements that the Lord made as the Father has life in himself so he has given the Son to have life in himself and of course the Son is there viewed not uh, merely and not primarily as to his glory, yea, not at all, as to his original glory as God. For he has the fountain of life with himself and in himself in that sense, from all eternity. But he is viewed as the mediator of the new covenant, the saviour of the lost, the only redeemer of God in He has life in himself. Now the importance of this appears in many places. But perhaps the most outstanding <coughs> example or incident in which its importance shines is this. The resurrection. The Son has life in himself and that is how he can say and did say referring to his life no man taketh it from I lay down of myself I have power to lay down and I have power to take it again only one who had life in himself could make that statement. I have power to lay it down, and I have power to take it again. This 
آمد تبای رسید of my heart and it is in connection with, this, with that commandment that he said he, as the father has life in his hand so he has given the, the son to have life in his hand the fountain of life is not only with God absolutely considered as God but the only fountain that could flow forth into and through a world of sin is a fountain that would have to come by way of life and death our planet by man's fall became barren it became unproductive it became important to bring forth truth to God and in order that it might bring forth truth it had to be water he made his peculiar work to God this well and it is to this we have reference in the words of the apostle Paul where he says you are dead and your life is hid with Christ in God your life is hid why? because the fountain of life is within your life is hid with Christ in God and no enemy can reach that fountain no enemy can reach this life it is safe for all time and for all eternity safe in the keeping of God the fountain of life is with me and then he makes another statement in thy light we shall see light Now the implication here is this that apart from God there is no light he is the source of light as he is the fountain of light the source of light yea he is himself the light God is light and in him is no darkness at all he is light thy light he puts on as the psalmist say light as a garment but a marvelous garment light he hides himself with darkness too yes but he puts light on as a garment he is the light and apart from him there is no light all is darkness but as it is illumined by the light of God what is darkness then? ourselves our heart 
also. It's not only in darkness, that is true, but it is darkness. We were one time darkness, but now are ye light in the Lord. Walk as the children of light. One time darkness. It doesn't say you were in darkness, that is true. But it goes unspeakably further to say, ye were darkness. Our, our whole being, our soul is in utter darkness. Apart from the light of God. Darkness. And what darkness is this? The darkness of death. Life and light go together. If any man will come after me, he shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of light. And as light and light go together, so darkness and death go together also. The darkness of death. The death caused by darkness. And the statement is easily is equally true. Whichever you take as the subject or as the predicate, you can say it is the darkness of life. It is the darkness of death. It is the death brought on by darkness. And when did this happen? Well it happened in the history of man when the light of God was removed. And the light of God was removed when he sinned. This was the immediate result of sin. He found himself in darkness. And the immediate result of righteousness. The immediate result of life is that one finds oneself in light, in thy light. God's call to man is to come into the light. But what kind of man, or what kind of being is called to come into the light? The being who loves the darkness rather than light, because his being are evil. He came as light into the world, but men love darkness rather than light, because their deeds were evil. But which is more powerful, the darkness of death or the light of light? And this, of course, is exemplified in the Lord himself. And this is partly the meaning of the resurrection. What does the resurrection prove? It proves many things. But it proves this among other things. That life is stronger than death. 
that life is stronger than that. In thy light. And it is in the light of the resurrection that we can see light. The light of the rising again of the Son of Righteousness. As he rises from the night. The night ushered in by the darkness of the curse. As he rises, we see the power of light and the power of life. The life that he had in himself, which he that had the power of death could not overcome. In that, in that verse in John, we read, in the first chapter of John, we read, And the light shines in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. Now that is a difficult word to understand in that connection. What does it mean when it says the darkness comprehended it not? Well, the meaning of it as it is there, would mean that the darkness knew it not. But there is another possible rendering. And it is this. The light shines in darkness and the darkness overpowers it not. The darkness hasn't the power to put out this light. It shines in darkness despite all the darkness can do to put it up, it still shines. And it shines unto eternal life. In thy light. But this is the one that we shall see light. That brings in something else. It brings this in that not only was God light from all eternity to all eternity, he is that. And in him is no darkness at all, and yet there is darkness, but not in God. We shall see it. The light has found a way of shining in the darkness, and it is that John informs us of when he says he, he came as a light to the world. It is in Christ that this light shines. And until, it, until we see the light in Christ, we cannot see it at all. It is the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. We shall see. No one with the saints in all ages prayed, send forth thy light. Lord, enlighten us. May thy light shine on us. Thy light, the light 
of his glory in the face of Jesus Christ. And this is the light that attracts. This is the light that draws as it shines in the face of Jesus Christ. It attracts, it draws. And it is to this <coughs> we take it that um, Samuel Rutherford refers when he says what we have often repeated here. Christ has a face that would ravish love out of the heart of the very devil if they had grace to see his beauty. That is the point. The grace to see his beauty. And once anyone sees that, it is not a question of what ought to be done. It is a matter of what is done instantly and spontaneously. The soul that sees the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ is immediately attracted and drawn to that glory. So much so that again to quote Father God, if the saints would wear out their eyes, looking at the glory of Christ, they would ask other eyes to wear out us, looking at his glory. In thy life we shall see light. We shall see it when the Lord causes it to shine. Same as it did at the beginning, let it be light. And then there is light. Let us pray. Oh, blessed one, do thou bless us according to the riches of thy grace. Giving us to know that the fountain of life is with thee and that thy people drink of the rivers of thy pleasure and of the fatness of thy health and that they are made to see light in thy light yea that their darkness is, that is turned into light do thou be merciful unto us to this end and take away our sins for thy name's sake amen